You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Linda Baldwin. And we are your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. We are a mother-daughter duo broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the mustard seed. And we've had a great show already this morning, um, talking about a lot of different books, actually. Um, And we're kind of shifting gears a little bit on Friday. If you missed our show on December 22nd, I would highly, highly recommend going back and listening to it because I was on. But um, (laughs) it was with Father John Rutten. And we talked to a couple of ex-seminarians, I guess you could call it. J.P. Thornton and James Carroll. J.P. Thornton actually was an ex-seminarian heading back to the seminary. And James Carroll is an ex-seminarian who is married and expecting his first child. And so we kind of had this theme, and it was just really fun and interesting to talk to these young men about their discernments. And so we have a third one on this morning, ex-seminarian. We've got Joe Schlanta. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. I don't know. That seems like a rude thing to say, ex-seminarian. Yeah, it's a... What would you like me to say? (laughs) I'm kidding. Former. Former, There we go. There we go. Former seminarian. But, you know, I just think it's really important for other young men or women to hear how the discernment process works for each one of us. Because after talking with JP and James, completely different stories. You know, and yet they went to seminary together. Yeah. Did you know them in seminary? Um, I did not know. No, not really. Not really. Um, my last seminary visit before I applied and joined the seminary, I had met the two of them. And then that year, James Carroll left the seminary. And so I was never a seminarian with him. Oh, okay. It was actually just about... <laughs> A week or three apart from when he left, and then I was accepted. Okay. Um, so tell the listeners a little bit about who you are first, your background and family. and. Yeah. So um, I'm a native here to Sioux Falls, uh, both the diocese and the city. Um, I've been Catholic my entire life, and I have been considering, discerning, pursuing a vocation, whatever word you want to use with it. Um since kind of the end of my high school career. Mm. Um, It's been a very twisting path uh, ever since then, but um, it's where I am now, and I thank God for that. Yeah. Um, So it started kind of the the end of that career where, you know, I kind of thought maybe I should, you know, go discern, look for a religious order or something like that. Um, After some time... I kind of stopped being serious about that and went off for a year of college. It was during that year that I kind of remembered, like, oh, I should ask God what he wants me to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And after some prayer, um, looking around at different orders, different places, I found myself back with the diocese, um, applying to be a seminarian for them after a couple of visits. And then after two years at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona, studying for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, I um, left the seminary this August. um, And I'm now looking back at religious orders, hoping to find one to join. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So what was your uh, upbringing like? What were your parents like? Did they always encourage um, thinking about a vocation or what was their approach? Um, yes and no. Um, when I was growing up, my parents are both Catholic. Um, and, you know, they encouraged me in my faith as well. But a vocation was never really anything on the radar. Hmm. Um, I had an older brother who considered joining the seminary at one point. Um, but that eventually didn't pan out and he never joined. He was just considering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the entire idea of a vocation, you know, be it religious or to the diocese, um, was kind of foreign to me until I kind of investigated it myself. You Interesting. Know? Um, it wasn't anything that my parents ever discouraged, but it was also, you know, nothing that I heard directly from them either. Yeah. You know? Well, and I find that interesting because mom, I'm going <laughs> to divulge something about her now on radio here, but mom, when you said you were a young lady yep, and you just thought married life was the vocation for you because why? Um, I had always thought I wanted to look into being a nun, but nobody ever, ever, ever asked me if I wanted to. And so I thought I must not be the kind of person who should be a sister because nobody ever said, do you want to be a sister? Nobody ever talked about it. And so I just never, I stayed away from it because I thought, oh, I must not be. I must not be, you know, it's got to be somebody different than me. And and all the sisters out there right now are cheering because <laughs> I'd be too noisy. <laughs> no, 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 sister, you have to be quiet now. <laughs> oh, quiet, quiet, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just find that interesting because sometimes, you know, for those of us lay people, you know, it might be a call. Like maybe if you see somebody that you think. Mm-hmm. Would that have made any changes in your life if somebody had walked up to Joe in high school and said, you know, Joe, have you thought about seminary? Yeah. Um, in some ways, yes. Um, going to high school, I went to a Gorman high school. And so having, you know, the chaplain there at the time was Father Hagerty. And he was also, at least for most of my high school career, the vocations director. Yeah. Um, and so there was that presence of, you know, I knew that, you know, seminarians existed, mm-hmm. that this was an option, that even a couple of my friends were considering it. Um, but at that point in my life, I didn't quite feel it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point in my life, I was thinking more, uh, and I say kind of, because it kind of leads into this of like, at that point in my life, I was considering though, like a religious order or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I found was that there was exactly that kind of void where like no one said like, Hey, here's where you sign up for a religious vocation or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. like, um, there was plenty of that for the seminary and I thank God for that because I went through two years of that and they were great. Um, but there wasn't any for that other option. Um, and I think if there would have been that kind of a presence of like someone to say, Hey Joe, have you ever, you know, considered being a brother somewhere or mm-hmm. something like that? 
Um, I think my story might have unfolded differently. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and I think that's something that us modern day Catholics don't think much about is so we, you know, say prayers for vocations and it always ends up being for the priesthood or religious life is like a kind of a side eh, or the religious life, you know, and we tend to think about the women you know, the women's vocations in the religious life. And so that's why I'm really excited to have you on today, Joe, because you're considering a religious life for the man. And that has different looks. It has a lot of different looks. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today, because usually most of the time um, we tend to think of brothers and diocesan priests, and that's it. You know, we um, here on this side, we're used to Blue Cloud Abbey, right? So we are used to having brothers in the area, but we don't think outside the box like there are other orders of priests. And even just yesterday, we were talking with someone who's like, there are? (laughs) And I was surprised because I'm like, yeah, there are. If you're in the Rapid City Diocese, you're very (laughs) used to being um, around wonderful Jesuits because they do the, the... um, so many of the reservation parishes are, um, but they still look like a diocesan priest. Yeah, we you, you know what I mean. Uh huh. So we're kind of we're going to open that that box of, for our listeners to kind of dive into. Okay, we might we're not experts at these other orders, but we're going to just talk about there are other opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, how did you learn about these other opportunities that are there for men? If you wanted to be a priest. Yeah. Um, it was kind of, I think I would have put it as a kind of a drawn out process, frankly, of learning about these different places, at least at first. Um, especially at first, I didn't quite know what to look for. Yeah. Um, there isn't so, yellow pages for that? <laughs> well, there should be. <laughs> there there are a few, but um, it's all, it is challenge to navigate um just Mm -hmm. for various reasons of like um you know how do you get to know an entire community of people off of you know a single paragraph of description yeah um whereas like how it's optimally done is like you go and you spend time with them and experience a different community um so how i first learned about any of them was probably through like my religion class in high school Mm. uh learning about different vocations and learning about you know, men's religious orders, um, not in any particular depth, but, you know, in a general sense of like, these are the Franciscans, they're modeled after St. Francis, they like being poor and serving the poor, you know, these are the Benedictines, they're very monastic, they like contemplating God and staying in their monastery, and like, these are the Dominicans, they like knowing things and being able to articulate the truths of God, Hmm. um, but being in the in this area in particular, um, there's not a lot of those orders around. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I got to college that I finally met a male religious in person. It was a Franciscan Knight of the Holy Eucharist uh, down in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, and it was from there that also for you know various different reasons... The Newman Center down there had a couple more resources, people who had also looked into religious Mm -hmm. vocations, that I kind of started to learn kind of um, how to look for a religious order, how to navigate 
this whole thing, you know, what other communities are out there. Um, and, you know, which ones are kind of the ones to consider, you know, which one are full of, um, you know, people that I would be able to live, pray with, and be a saint with for the rest yeah. of my life, you know? Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Joe Schlanta, a former seminarian of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and we're just talking about his discerning process and where he's at right now in his discernment. Um, You're listening to Real Presence Live. I am your host, Heather Caro. And I'm Linda Baldwin. And we are going to take a quick break when we come back. More with Joe Schlanta and talking about diocesan priests in different priestly orders. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. When I drive home from work, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm I'm on the computer all day, I'm on phone calls, it's high stress, it's deadline after deadline. I listen to Catholic Radio on my way home, and usually it's Catholic Answers Live. I like to uh, listen to Catholic Radio. Um, you know, I listen to the news and I listen to secular things, um, talk shows and, and what have you, but none of them really lift you up. None of them build you up. And when you can turn up, get in your car, a lot of stress on your way home, you want to decompress, there's nothing better than Catholic Radio. It might be Steve Splonskalski doing his... Another stone, skipping stones where he says a prayer and has a little reflection. All of that stuff you get on Catholic Radio, it brings you back to reality, which is our faith and the hereafter. You know, what are you doing all of this for? What you're punching a clock, you're digging ditches, you're doing surgeries, whatever you're 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 doing in life, it, it brings you back to what it's all for. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Linda Baldwin. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. Uh, We're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're having a great conversation with Joe Schlanta this morning, uh, just talking about his discernment process and where he's at. Uh, he has a unique story, like each of us do, really. Um, and during the break, I kind of yelled at Mom. Sorry about that, Mom. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's asking Joe all these interesting questions. Like, save it for the show, Mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mom, ask away. <laughs> how, how did you decide... Um, 
How did you know you didn't want to be a diocesan priest? Yeah. So I mentioned before the break that it was about August when I left the seminary program here. Um, and as I was beginning to tell Linda before <laughs> Heather reminded us to save it for the show, um, it was really a surprise um, to myself and, frankly, to the vocations director and to everyone else. Um, back at the beginning, at the end of the spring, when I was leaving the seminary for the semester, going home for the summer, um, my formator had recommended that I kind of take a lower key kind of summer assignment. Um, many dioceses, most of the dioceses that, I, that I've seen for their seminarians um, usually give them an assignment over the summer, whether mm -hmm. it be like at a parish or doing totus tuus or Lumen Christi or going someplace for kind of specific formation during the summer or sometimes like hospital ministry. Uh, it varies year to year and you've got, you know, seven, eight of these summers. So there's a lot you can do. Um, but my formator at the seminary, um, kind of the guy in charge of making sure that I'm growing as a person and I'm going to wind up as, you know, a priest that won't be bad. Um, he kind of floated the idea of having kind of a low-key summer assignment where I go and just find kind of a um, normal kind of job and just work as if anyone else and then just take kind of that, you know. No huge pressure about, you know, making sure you've got all this or that as much of kind of seminary formation has, but just kind of taking it low-key. Um, so I prayed about that and floated it to my vocations director, and we kind of thought, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good idea, actually, you know? Yeah. Um, the thought was, like, I'd live with a priest and then just work and then, you know, serve Mass at whatever parish and just live, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the rectory thing never quite panned out. That just a little detail. Um, but I was, as I was working through the summer, it wound up being an awesome time. Um, you know, after kind of two whole years of uh, school and then missionary work in the summers, it was a lot of activity. And then just being able to um, cut grass for a summer with an empty mind was mm. just mm -hmm. such an experience. Um, being able to do that and pray through that, it was a good rest that I needed. And I was growing a lot. Um, and so by the end of the summer, um, my, my, my vocations director asked me, um, he said, Joe, I noticed that you've been doing really great this summer. I said, yes, I have been. Um, why do you ask? And he said, well, have you considered kind of staying there in that place where like you're growing so much um, mm -hmm. and stepping out of formation? Um, and I said, well, Father, no, I have not really. Um, let me go pray about that. Um, and it really was an observation, you know, just kind of on his part, a consideration of like, you know, you have the freedom here to make either choice, but it's, you know, up to you and God. Like, this is just something I've noticed, you know? Mm -hmm. And usually when people are like doing well like that in a spot, you know, sometimes the choice is to stay in there, you know, yeah. and not move on to something else. Um, so I prayed about it. Um, and to my surprise, uh, kind of the answer I got back from God was like, I want you to step out, you know, and stay there. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of crazy. Um, 
Because a lot of times God's plan doesn't go linearly like we think yeah. it should. Like, no. this isn't logical. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was crazy because, like, over those past few years, I've been falling more and more in love with the vocation of the diocesan priest. And I, like, wanted to be one. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the other things that, well, first I should say, you know, it sounded all crazy to me, but no matter how much I tried to worry about it, God just wouldn't let me. Huh. Um, anytime I would, there would be kind of a fear welling up, of like, oh my gosh, is this the right choice? Am I throwing my vocation away or something? There would just, you know, I would like try to worry about it, but then peace would just come, hmm. you know? Um, and so I took that as a very reassuring sign that this mm-hmm. was the right direction. Um, and something else that had long been on my mind was, I mentioned earlier that kind of my first movement towards a vocation was thinking about one towards religious life. Mm-hmm. Um, and up to that point, I had never really satisfactorily looked into that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and my vocations director pointed out that perhaps that could be a part of this opportunity in stepping out would be going to explore that vocation more fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at right now is um, I have stepped out. I've started looking at other religious orders and, you know, I have confidence that this is where God wants me to be, um, that I'm moving in the right direction. And yeah, you know, well, I, th- I think that says a lot about um, Father Samson, too, just because the, dio- the diocese, all dioceses need more priests, period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he knows that you have a heart for um, being a priest of some sort. And for him to say, you know, yes, you, you may have the desire to be a priest, but it it may not be diocesan. I think that says a lot. Right. You know what I mean? Because he yeah. naturally... Ah, no, no, give him We back. don't want to lose another one. But they want what's best for you. I would think him and the bishop are in unison with that. You know, and I think that would be really comforting. Yeah, yeah. No, it really is kind of like a place... Like, when you put it like that, it becomes quite clear that, like, where that was coming from on his side was a place of like, you know, genuine concern of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, wherever God is leading you, you know? So you can become a priest. And this is the part that I wanted to emphasize this morning for our listeners is that you can become a priest, but a diocesan priest is one that serves the Bishop of the diocese and they have a parish, correct? And then they serve that parish. And tell us the difference between a diocesan priest and an order priest. All right. So, um, a diocesan priest, like you said, you know, serves the bishop. He serves the diocese. You know, in a sentence, he serves, you know, that area that the diocese, you know, encompasses. Um, You know, that's like kind of the main structures of the church is, you know, like the pope, archbishops, bishops, priests under them. Mm -hmm. Deacons are in that mix, too. Um, and you know, that's, you know, the general vanilla kind of church. Mm-hmm. Um, they're there to serve whoever's in their territory, um, and just to get them all to heaven. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. However they need to, however it happens, um, 
You know, they're there for the people. Um, religious orders, on the other hand, are kind of a different, you know, structure in their essence. Um, religious orders are not territorial things. You know, they're groups of people coming together, um, striving to be holy, to be saints together. Um, when it comes to religious orders, they always take, you know, vows of, you know, poverty, chastity, and obedience. Um, and so that kind of becomes their, what becomes kind of their first thing that they're going for in a religious order isn't, you know, that area, that diocese that they're going to serve, but it becomes kind of this um, pursuit of holiness within the context of that community. Mm. Um, so a totally different focus. Yeah, yeah. And that might give the impression that, you know, they're kind of almost selfish in a way. But it kind of comes into a fuller circle when um, you consider that, like, that expression that, yeah, that's kind of striving for that pursuit of holiness um, can express itself in a number of ways. Most, maybe not most, but many orders have kind of an apostolic component to them, mm -hmm. you know, um, when it comes to holiness, you know, our Lord tells us many times, you know, to go out and serve others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if you're going to be holy, oftentimes that's a part of it, it's helping others along the way. And so these religious orders, even though they are kind of different in how they're focused, often do still go out to um, their community. They might run a parish within a diocese um, and, you know, serve a congregation. Yeah. Um, much like a diocesan priest. Not all of them do it like that. Some of them are more cloistered and contemplative, and um, you'll see those in like monasteries, things like that. Um, but there is kind of that different focus. You yeah. Know? Well, and I, I think too, as Catholics, we firmly believe in the power of prayer. Yes. And I, th I think you know some of these orders and monasteries around our country. Mm -hmm. You can't put a price on them. I mean, having the Adoration Sisters in our diocese praying for us, mm -hmm. specifically, I think, you know, it's just something that you can't... It, it's hard for outsiders to see that you're doing good, but for those of us that are living the Catholic faith, we, we need folks like that. Well, and how many of the Pope's stories were they off... In, living in a in a hut by themselves, and they drug them into Rome and made them the Pope. You know, and, and no, I want, I didn't, and I, I became a bishop, and then they made me be the bishop, and then after twenty years, I said no, I'm leaving, and they went back out and lived in their caves somewhere. Yeah. You know, saint after saint after saint is that kind of a story. Yeah, yep. still beautiful, prayerful, needed people in our in our world. So, any last thoughts? Uh, we're ending our conversation already, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just jump ten miles. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to say, um, kind of coming from my own experience, you know, if there is anyone listening who wants to consider a religious vocation and doesn't really know where to start, um, I'd just like to, you know, kind of, you know, affirm them in that and say. That's not uncommon. You know, you're not the first one to feel that way. Um, keep looking. 
ask questions. That's the one big thing that looking back, I didn't do enough of was mm. like when I found an order, ask them like, Hey, how do I get into all of this? Even if it's not your order. Yeah. Um, you know, ask your local priest. He probably knows at least a thing or two, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, even though there's not maybe a clearer way forward, somebody probably has a bit of clarity they can give you. And you God know? will provide it. Absolutely. If you start asking. And don't stop praying. That too. Amen. Well, we'll all be praying for you, Joe. And that, and we'll maybe get an update from you later on. <laughs> all right, Joe Shalanta right here on Real Presence Live. Uh, thank you, Joe, for joining us and sharing your journey so far in the discernment of orders so we'll be praying for you all of our listeners will be praying for you and we'll catch up with you again later we're going to take a quick break and more real presence live right after this live engaging and local this is real presence live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the real presence radio network 